Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be going over something that a listener actually requested, and that was, what red flags should I look out for in a guy? Now, originally, I did say on my story that I was going to expand this episode to just be about red flags and people, but as I thought about it, I realized that it would be best if I split up the red flags discussion into an episode for red flags and guys specifically, an episode on red flags and girls specifically, and an episode on red flags and friendships specifically. Because I think that the red flags that you should watch out for vary significantly between those categories. So this episode's going to go over about five really major red flags that you should watch out for in a guy that maybe you're in the talking stage with already dating or deciding whether you want to date or not. So this episode is going to be really interesting, and if you want to find out what these red flags are, keep listening. So this is a new microphone, so if the audio quality sounds different, that's why. I'm not sure yet if I like this microphone more than my old one, so I'm just kind of testing it out for this episode to see how things go. Sorry if you don't like the new audio quality. But anyways, we're going to get into red flag number one that you should look out for in a guy. And this one, really, really, really big unhealed emotional trauma. And what I mean by this is, does he still talk about past relationships? Is he still upset about a relationship ending? Is he mad at his exes? Does he hate his exes? Is he closed off? These things are really important to look out for because It's just a really big indicator of either immaturity in a guy or just them not being ready to date when they're still not over past relationships or when they're emotionally closed off. And that'll really bite you in the butt in many ways. Firstly, I mean, obviously, if they're not over a past relationship, uh, you're not really going to be getting their full attention because they're still mostly going to be thinking about this other person that they're still not over and you're just kind of going to be a rebound, which I don't know about you, but I kind of wouldn't want to be someone's rebound because that indicates that they don't really care about you that much if they're just kind of like only using you to get over their ex. That's really not a good thing. Second off, If they have hatred towards their exes, I'm sorry, but I just don't condone it. I really don't condone it. Like, even if your ex was awful to you, even if your ex was literally a horrendous person, 
I prefer guys who are mature enough to know how to heal from hurt and move forward with forgiveness and love. If they're not that kind of guy, I don't want to date them. Because that indicates immaturity when someone isn't able to heal from hurt, move on, and forgive someone. Like if someone's trash-talking or holding grudges, that automatically indicates to me that we're on two different levels. Because I don't feel the need to do that. Like, I've had people treat me really, really, really badly. But... I don't hold grudges over it. And in fact, like, I wish them well. Because at the end of the day, I know how to heal from stuff. I know how to pick myself back up from the ground. And I know how to move forward with forgiveness and understanding and wishing them the best. Because I know that when people treat others poorly, it comes from a place of internal pain And you really never know what someone's going through. So, I mean, that's not to say that your ex or their ex deserves an excuse for what they did. But at the end of the day, holding hostility towards these people literally does you no good. And if a guy doesn't realize that, and if a guy really thinks that holding grudges and talking trash about his ex with me is impressive or like just good or acceptable in any way shape or form just it's not and I'm going to lose interest that's just not it like we want to go for people who are godly and people who are mature because it's really the little things and just the minor conversation topics like exes that will cue you in to how mature someone is it's like if you went to a restaurant with a guy and he was disrespecting the staff that's not a huge thing but that does cue you in to the fact that he is not really a great person and if you see that someone's being disrespectful towards like waiting staff, then you automatically know, hey, this person could be disrespectful towards me in the future. Same thing goes with people who are trash talking exes, people who still aren't over past stuff. If you date them, things probably aren't going to go well because they obviously lack emotional maturity and If they aren't good at forgiving their exes, if they aren't good at forgiveness, then when you get into, let's say, a conflict with this person, if they don't have the skill of forgiveness, good luck fixing any issues in your relationship. Like, you might as well give up. That's why it's so important to see if this person has an attitude of forgiveness towards their exes. It is so important because... If they don't, and if they're immature, if they're trash-talking their exes, then when things don't go well in the relationship because they don't really have a good ability to forgive others, guess who's going to be the one that they're trash-talking? You. The cycle will repeat. They're going to date someone else to try to get over you. They're going to trash-talk you. That person might buy into it, 
They're going to get in arguments with that person. They're going to split with that person. And then they're going to trash talk that person to another girl. The cycle never ends. It will just keep going as long as the guy stays immature and unable to forgive and heal and move on. You really want to watch out for that. It's not worth it at all. The moment you hear someone talking trash, and honestly, I would say this applies to not just exes, but about anyone, if they're talking trash, if they're holding grudges, run. Find someone else. Because there are guys out there who are more mature. And you don't want to date someone who's immature and unable to forgive. That's a recipe for disaster in a relationship. They're going to be immature about conflict. They're going to be immature about struggles in the relationship. And if they lack forgiveness, then your fights are going to be awful and miserable. I've been there before. Just don't do it. Like once you see the red flag, walk away. And I'd like to say more on this. It doesn't matter if this person, if you can tell that they have emotional trauma and if they tell you that they're ready to date or that they're actively trying to work on their trauma or heal. Look, I get that we want to be nice and I get that you're probably a really nice and good person if you're listening to this, but you don't want to date someone who hasn't completely healed yet. Even if they're moving in that direction, you don't want to start a a relationship with them before they've actually healed. You have time to wait. Do not rush into a relationship with someone who has not healed. If you're really that worried about losing them, tell them that and tell them that you want to wait to get in a relationship until they've healed from whatever they're going through. And if you're already dating them, take a break until they've healed from their issues. Because at the end of the day, if they haven't healed yet from past stuff, they're not ready to be dated yet. You may think that you're being kind by dating this unhealed person, but you're ultimately doing them a big disservice by distracting them from the inner work that they need to do in order to heal. Because like it or not, 99% of the time, healing requires solitude and deep inner reflection. And if they're dating you, you're going to be distracting them from doing that work that they really need to do. Because they're going to be getting validation and dopamine rushes and stuff from your relationship. And because of that, it can often distract you from your pain or your trauma or whatever it is you're trying to heal from. So you're not going to make any progress because you're not going to notice the pain that you used to feel because you'll be so distracted by the relationship. But all the trauma and all the mental issues and emotional issues that that trauma has caused, it still stays with you. All the immaturities and character, all the little things that trigger you, that'll stay with you unless you heal from it. So you may think that you're like distracting them and they may feel great and they may tell you that they've healed, But I think deep down, like, you'll know if they actually haven't healed, which would be kind of obvious that they're talking about past stuff still. So they may say that it's better because they're in a relationship with you or that they're working towards it. But honestly, I wouldn't 
take chances on it. I would just honestly like get out of the relationship if they haven't completely healed from past stuff or just wait to date them until they have completely healed because people need to heal before they move forward in a relationship. It's honestly just such a bad idea to date someone who still has loads of emotional baggage. And I was in this position before and I actually stayed and I waited out the relationship way longer than I should have because I wanted to be nice and I thought that I could help them heal. And they told me that they could still heal in the relationship. But ultimately, I know deep down that I really slowed down that healing process and I should have left. They didn't want me to leave the relationship. And I told them multiple times that I think that they need to heal first. But I stayed because they told me that I was helping them heal. And ultimately, it was their past trauma that ended our relationship because it constantly tainted it by causing unnecessary conflicts, overreactions, and insecurities. And that just made it miserable for us both in the end, which is why it ended. But I know for a fact that things would have gone so much better had I either A, not started dating them when I saw the red flag that they still weren't over past stuff, or B, walked away from the relationship when I realized that their past trauma was actually going to cause issues. You don't want to stay with someone who hasn't healed yet. It's best for both you and them if you give them time to heal first. Okay, now on to red flag number two. And this one more applies to people who are in the talking stage with a guy. This is one that you need to watch out for. Like, if you are in the talking stage and you're already seeing this, literally run. If you're already in a relationship and you're seeing this behavior, leave the relationship. It's that bad. And this one is noncommittal, inconsistent behavior. There is just no excuse. Honestly, no excuse. If they're going hot and cold on you, if they're breadcrumbing you, that's a really, really, really bad sign. If they talk to you like all the time one day and then the next day you don't hear from them or maybe you don't even hear from them for a few days and then they start talking to you again, it is a bad, bad, bad sign. Or maybe on the more extreme end, if they're seriously breadcrumbing you, like they'll really flirt it up with you like one week or even one day and then wait another week or even month before coming back into your life just when you're beginning to forget about them, like to remind them, not to remind them, to remind you of their presence and, you know, try to flatter you again, that's breadcrumbing and it is really, really bad. It's very toxic, very manipulative, total red flag you should run from. Usually with the less extreme hot and cold behavior, I hate to break it to you, but it's 99% of the time because they're talking to someone else that they really have their sight on and you're the backup for when things aren't going well with their main person. 
like maybe their main person is going hot and cold on them and when their main person isn't texting them that's when they're going to strike up a conversation with you just to kind of like appease their ego it sucks but it's true so you have to really watch out for it because I can tell you from experience if a guy actually really likes you they're gonna be consistent that's just the truth of it because I've experienced um situations where a guy kind of liked me and wasn't really that consistent and I've experienced like situations where guys have been consistent and when guys are consistent they really like you it's as simple as that um there's this phrase that I like to use and it's like if they like you you'll know if they don't you'll be confused that's the way it works if they're going hot and cold on you all the time and making you wonder where you stand and if they're interested they're not really interested. Maybe they're halfway interested, but they're not really seeing your value and they're not treating you like someone who's really, really valuable. And if they don't see you as really, really valuable and if they're not treating you like your time matters and like your feelings matter, come on. Like, we don't want to settle for that kind of person because there are guys out there who will actually care about your feelings, who won't want to waste your time, and who will know that you have value and that you don't deserve to just be kind of led on and breadcrumbed with affection. Some guys will give you consistent attention. That's what you want. You don't want someone who's just breadcrumbing you or going hot and cold on you all the time. It's really unattractive. I know that it's hard because scientifically speaking, when someone breadcrumbs you or goes hot and cold on you, it makes you actually like addicted to them because the uncertainty of it all, the uncertainty of not knowing whether they're going to text you or not, or when you're going to see them again, it leaves your brain in the state of constant wondering and when they do text you it gives you a huge rush of dopamine because you can't predict when it's going to happen it's the same reason that phones are so addictive because we don't know when we're going to get a notification which is why we check them all the time and which is why it gives us a really big dopamine rush when we do get a notification or when we see a text from someone like a friend or someone we like that's why. And that's the reason that breadcrumbing and going hot and cold will make you feel so attached to that person. It's because your brain is addicted to the dopamine rush that you get from getting attention from this person because it is so unpredictable. And that'll make you think that you want to be with this person, even if they're literally not even that attractive or not even that great because your brain is so addicted to the dopamine of it all. But you don't actually want that person. It's just your brain addicted to the dopamine. It's not actually you. Because, guys, let me tell you, I went through this experience in freshman year where, well, this was more like 
near the end of my freshman year where there was this guy two grades above me and y'all he was not even that attractive he wasn't even that attractive he just had a really deep voice and was obviously like older than me and taller than me and this man breadcrumbed me I didn't know it at the time but this man breadcrumbed me for about let me think about it it was like he started talking to me at the end of April and then let's see I didn't talk to him again after hmm it's like it was like actually around this time of the month like September 18th ish so I can't even do math let me think May, June, July, August, September. Okay, so he breadcrumbed me for about like five to six months. Literally. Oh my gosh, it's so awful. And okay, so I remember he first, like I followed him on Instagram just because I had a class with him um, in April. And wait, actually, no, now that I think of it, I followed him like in winter break. So I followed him in December, and that's when he first started texting me. Okay, it's coming back to me now. So, oh my gosh, it was actually like, let's see, since I think March. So that would be about like maybe even seven months of breadcrumbing. Oh gosh, this is awful. Um, So I followed him in like winter break because I had a class with him, and just I saw him on my recommended page, followed him. Then he DM'd me and he was like, hey, Abigail, how's it going? I had never really talked to this guy before one-on-one, so I was like, good. You know, just like it was a very shallow conversation. And then during spring break, he started DMing me again. And this is so bad. Like this time it got like really flirty and okay, this is really bad because I know my parents listen to this podcast. So um, um, preferably turn this off if you're listening to it, but it got like really flirty and this guy was like really telling me like, oh, you have such a pretty name. I think you're so cool. Um, you look stunning. Like all this flattery stuff. I didn't know it was flattery at the time. This was honestly my first ever experience with, like, flirting with a guy in high school. I mean, I had, like, a halfway relationship in middle school, but, like, this was my first actual, like, dating-ish talking stage experience that I'd ever had with a guy. So it was really impactful on me. And... I didn't yet know that his behavior was a major, major, major red flag. One probably wasn't the best that he was two grades above me. That kind of was the first red flag. Two, all the flattery, I loved it at the time, but it was a really, really, really big red flag. It was basically kind of love bombing, but you know, love bombing is a lot more consistent. So I would say it's breadcrumbing. So he like really started flirting with me, I think in like mid-March. And then we didn't talk again for 
a month and this is where the pattern begins we didn't talk until like the end of april and at the end of april was when it really got serious wait let me check i know i still have the receipts from this i want to make sure i'm getting the dates right it was like the end of april when he really started to like amp up the flirting and he actually made me like so excited because I thought that he genuinely liked me and I thought that he might ask me out and stuff so I literally remember like there was one weekend we talked like the entire weekend he was literally so sweet he was so nice and then after that weekend like I thought we were going to talk again like the conversation kind of fizzled out and he didn't talk to me for like the entire week and oh my gosh I remember I was devastated I remember going to my little freshman classes and all I could think about was like has he texted me yet why hasn't he texted me yet when is he going to text me oh it's so sad and I remember it was like prom week and I was like, well, maybe he'll ask me to prom. Maybe that's why he's waiting. He didn't ask me to prom. But the night of prom, he did text me. And I remember, I don't even know how the conversation got to that point. But I remember saying something about, like, I was feeling sad. And he's like, oh, why? Is it because you're not going to prom? I was like, uh, yeah, sort of. Of course, I didn't say that. But... <laughs> So this pattern kept going, right? He stopped talking to me, I think, during the entire summer. So after, like, the first week of May, stopped talking to me. Again, I felt, like, kind of devastated because I was really addicted to the dopamine of this entire situation. And it took me a little while but I did get over it. it. Took me like I'd say maybe a few weeks to a month to really just stop thinking about the whole thing, which now that I think of it is really awful because I was like in a relationship since the beginning of the summer. So I spent like the first few weeks of the relationship still like a little bit like kind of attached to this guy that literally. I'd never even gone on a date with. And, oh my gosh, I literally forgot a major detail. So let's rewind a little bit back to May. Like, when the heavy flirtation was going on. So I was actually in, like, um, a music class with this guy, right? And we were in two different class periods, but we had like a concert coming up for this music class and we were like both the classes combined we're going to rehearse after school one day and this is like the first time I was actually seeing this guy in a while because I didn't have any classes with him so I thought that he was going to talk to me right because why would he not talk to me if he's so interested so I pulled up into the theater ready to rehearse and ready to talk to this guy. He did not even acknowledge me. He did not acknowledge me once, which is really weird because he's a super friendly person. And he acknowledged like 
everyone else, but he didn't acknowledge me. And that made me feel really weird because if you're so interested in me, why are you not acknowledging me? Like, what the actual heck? I was just so thrown off by it all. And that should have been another major red flag because want to know why he didn't acknowledge me? Because I think he knew that what he was doing was morally wrong. Like, basically, like, halfway, like, grooming a freshman in secret. Like, I don't think he had told anyone that he was talking to me or, like, in the talking stage with me or flirting with me at all. I don't think he had told anyone that. And I think that deep down he knew that he was leading me on and manipulating me. And he was kind of keeping it like a secret. He was trying to actively keep it under wraps that he was talking to me. And that should have been another huge, huge, huge red flag. If he was trying to keep it like a secret that he's talking to me or that he likes me. Yeah, no, that's huge red flag. But of course, I ignored it and I stayed interested for a little bit longer. But, you know, after like two weeks, completely lost interest because I was in this new relationship and stuff. Now, at the end of that relationship, so I got out of that relationship like near the beginning of the school year, he hits me up again. And that time, because I was just fresh out of relationship, I was like, wow, this is just perfect timing. I'm so excited and happy about this, of course, because it always gave me such a big dopamine rush because of the unpredictability of all of it. And so he hits me up and then he starts flirting with me again. He literally starts flirting with me again. Um, And this time, there was a difference with this time he started, like, actually talking about, like, talking to me in person. In fact, we were in the same lunch group, so he even offered, he was like, hey, anytime, feel free to come sit with me. Like, I know you're um, really studious and all, but anytime, like, I'd love to have you at my table. Like, okay, that's really nice. Um, so yeah, I I was like, wow, that's really awesome that he's going to want me to sit with him. In fact, I even remember one day he literally told me he was going to find me at lunch and sit with me because I, I think I was too shy to go up to his table with his friend group and stuff because I don't know, I just didn't want to interrupt anything so I thought it would be better if he came to me and he told me that he was going to come find me and eat lunch with me guys I mean let's just predict what we think is going to happen because I think you guys know what happened he never came poor little sophomore Abigail was like sitting in the cafeteria I was trying to pretend like I was busy reading a book or something while waiting for him to come find me um firstly I just assumed that he was late for lunch or something because five minutes had passed like nothing no text message from him asking where I am 
I just assumed he was late. So I was trying to pretend like I was reading a book so I wouldn't look like I was just a loser sitting around waiting for him to come find me. And, you know, like another five minutes passes and I start incessantly checking my phone to see if maybe he had texted me and was like asking where I was so he could come find me. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then I look over. He's literally at a table with his friends. Like, the letdown of it all. The letdown of it all. He totally, totally led me on. And I feel like he didn't forget because I know that, like, in order for him to get to that table, like, he kind of had to pass me. So I was definitely in his line of vision. He definitely just flaked on me, which is super problematic because again I think he was trying to keep it a secret from his friends that he was talking to me because obviously his friends would think he was a creep if they actually knew that he was like flirting with someone two grades below and yeah so that happened but I ignored it and he started DMing me again and I kept talking to him I was really entertaining the whole thing, and he was like, oh, well, I should take you out to sushi sometime. It'll be so fun. This is just such a train wreck, like, and I was super excited about it. He's like, yeah, I really got to show you how much you mean to me. No one can replace you. All this, like, super flattery stuff, and I was buying it all even though he was incredibly, incredibly inconsistent. And, you know, I think we talked a little bit on and off until, like, second week into September when I was going on a walk, and he actually, like, offered to come, like, literally meet me in my neighborhood and go on a walk with me. So I was like over the moon because I was like wow I'm finally going to see this guy like actually go on a date with him and oh my gosh (laughs) it was such a train wreck so he actually did show up I was halfway expecting him to not show up because he just had such a bad history of flaking But of course, I was still a hopeful little simp, so I showed up, and I was really excited. And so we started walking, and he just starts talking about, I kid you not, how good of a manipulator he is. I kid you not, this man is telling me that he's good at manipulating people. Uh I just can't. I don't know why I didn't just straight up turn around and run back to my house at that point. That should have been the final straw for me. It should have been the final straw. But for some reason, I thought that this guy was mildly attractive. So I didn't run. So I kept walking with this guy. He was literally telling me about how he like manipulated his parents into going on a family trip. And I think I outright told him, like, why are you telling me this? How do I know that you're not manipulating me? He's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. You were manipulating me the whole time. (laughs) Um, But I could tell that it kind of 
threw him off that I was calling him out. And, you know, I don't think that he liked it because afterwards, like, he talked to me a little bit after our walk was over and then gone, completely gone, never heard from him again. In fact, I I just straight up blocked because I didn't want to continue the cycle of breadcrumbing because he started to like ghost me again after we went out and I was like look I'm not going to wait another month for this man to start talking to me again just to have this whole cycle repeat over and over again I just straight up blocked him have not looked back because by that point I realized like after hearing him talk about what a manipulator he was um that was it for me honestly I think I kind of realized that I deserved better and that I was being seriously manipulated. So that's my story of breadcrumbing. Long story short, I know this was a really, really long story. Don't stay that long. Don't let it keep going that long. The moment you start to see inconsistent behavior, don't entertain it. You don't have to entertain it. Literally just walk away or tell them straight up because maybe they're doing it unintentionally. You know, I always like to communicate first before I make major decisions like cutting someone off. Communicate, tell them you don't like the inconsistency and that you're not here for it. Let them know that you will walk away unless they start to be more consistent, unless they step up to the plate. And you don't need to feel bad about it. Because inconsistency, you deserve so much better than that. Literally so much better. More on this red flag of, um, what was it? Non-committal inconsistent behavior. Not communicating well, I think, also falls into this. If someone's not a good communicator, if they're not really texting you that frequently, like, to the point where... They'll go, like, maybe an entire day or, like, days without talking to you. Or maybe when they do talk to you, like, they just never really clue you in on anything that's going on in their life. Or if they just, like, go out with friends all the time or they, like, maybe even hang out with other girls, which, major red flag... But if they hang out with other girls or, like, go out to parties and stuff and they don't let you know, that can also be a pretty big red flag. And I'd like to preface this by saying I don't condone controlling behavior or clingy behavior. There is a line. You don't want to, like, be texting all day. And I don't want that either. Like, you don't have to text me all day. But I think that it is disrespectful when someone, like, doesn't really communicate with you at all. And look, I'm not big on texting, and I totally get it if a guy isn't big on texting. Because I honestly way, way, way would rather FaceTime, do a phone call, or ultimately just, like, see a guy in person. I'm not big on texting because I feel like... It's so time-consuming, it distracts me from stuff I'm trying to work on, and it just, I feel like 
it'll never, ever, ever amount to hearing someone's voice or being in person with them. So for that reason, I'm not really big on texting, but I feel like it's good to have someone who at least tells you like what their plans for the day are, um, someone who at least tells you good morning and good night. That's not hard to do. And I think it's really sweet and it shows that someone cares about you and that they're thinking about you. And it's just a really nice thing for someone to do. So I do like that. And I also think that it's good for like, if you can't see each other in person all the time, because maybe it's long distance or maybe like, I don't even know, maybe they're just really busy, at least like a phone call at night will suffice. Like you don't have to text all day, but if they're just really bad at communicating and when they're busy, they just don't talk to you at all, I don't think that that's okay. I think even just like a good morning, a good night, and a 10-minute phone call at the end of the day, that's enough. It's just important to make sure that you at least have that level of communication because if not, I feel like it's just really weird. Like I can imagine really like being that closed off to someone that I'm dating and maybe it's just a me thing but I think that it's respectful to at least let someone know like what you've been up to well not respectful but more just like I don't know it just makes things more fun when you actually are able to talk about your day and like vent about stuff to someone I just think it's nice and like I think that communication is also really important when it comes to being honest about, like, maybe if a guy you're talking to has female friends, like, it's not good if he's trying to, like, disguise it when he's hanging out with female friends, hanging out with friends in general. Like, if a guy is trying to keep stuff from you and if he's not an open communicator, that's when you need to start getting concerned. Because if someone's trying to actively hide stuff from you, I mean, come on. It's just obvious that something shady is going on. And you deserve a lot better than that. So don't let yourself be played by someone who is, like, two-timing you or something. If they're really trying to conceal stuff, if they're not communicating clearly, just find someone else, honestly. And... Again, I'd like to say, like, when I was talking about, like, trying to conceal who you're hanging out with and stuff, I don't mean to say that, like, whoever you're into, like, should be telling you everywhere that they're going or has to tell you everywhere that they're going or everyone that they're hanging out with. I don't think that any guy has to do that. And I think that it's really controlling if you're, like, always demanding to know where a guy is or like um who they're with or god forbid even if you try to like control who they're hanging out with yeah no that's not okay and same goes for guys treating you that way if a guy's trying to control who you're hanging out with or like limit when you can go out if a guy is trying to always know where you are 
that's a little bit much. And that's not a good sign because that would indicate insecurity because it obviously shows that they're just worried about you cheating or something. And that could indicate like a really big lack of trust in your relationship, which is an entire red flag of its own. So definitely run from that kind of controlling possessive behavior. But of course, like not everything I say is absolute. Like in some cases, I think you'll know like when a guy is just doing it because he cares about you and, you know, being protective, that's fine. Like it's not a red flag if a guy is being protective of you in the sense that he doesn't want you to like, let's say, go to a Walmart parking lot at 12 where you could basically be kidnapped. That's not a red flag. But if it's like a guy telling you that you shouldn't hang out with your male friends who you literally have no interest in, that's an issue. If they don't trust you to hang out with your friends, big red flag. Big, big, big red flag. So not communicating well is a really big issue because it leads to arguments. And if someone's not communicating well about the little things, like, um, I I don't even know, like, what they're doing that day or, like, if they just leave details out all the time, then they're probably also going to leave details out regarding how they feel about you and the relationship. And maybe they might not communicate with you about issues that are bothering them in the relationship, which will cause way more issues in the future. It's so good and important to communicate about things that you feel frustrated by, of course, in a respectful manner, because that's going to help you make things better. If you don't communicate when you're uncomfortable with something or when you feel like maybe you're feeling invalidated or like lonely, you need to communicate that. Because if you don't communicate it, you're going to end up holding a grudge against that person or becoming resentful. And then it'll just cause way more issues because you'll probably end up taking out your anger on them through like, I don't know, just little petty things. And that'll cause conflict. So if a guy is not good at communicating and, like, keeps stuff pent in about his frustrations with the relationship and then takes it out on you through, like, being snippy with you or, like, just acting frustrated and not really telling you why, not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. You want to be with someone who's a good communicator. And, of course, my perspective on dating has always been that you date for the purpose of marriage, and you don't want to marry someone who is a bad communicator. That's not just going to affect you um, by having you get into progressively worse and worse arguments as your relationship goes on longer. But if you have kids, that's also going to affect your kids. You don't want your kids to have like a father who literally doesn't communicate well flakes on them, and, like, can't handle issues. Because that's going to lead to anger issues, and that's not good. You don't want to have your kids suffer 
for your mistake of choosing someone who's a bad communicator or has a bunch of red flags. I really gotta hurry with this episode because I am taking a long time with it. But anyways, next red flag, red flag number three, moving too quickly, also known as love bombing, something I have also experienced, but like in a in a less drastic sense than what some other people have experienced. Love bombing, oh, it is so bad. But it's important, I think, to have an experience with it. Like, I feel like a lot of girls already have been love bombed at least once. And it's good to have that experience because then you know, like, you know the next time that it starts to happen to you that, like, all the sudden affection you're getting is not real and you know to run. Moving too quickly is like when, let's say, you go on like one or two dates with a guy, or maybe even just one date with a guy and you start dating and immediately he's telling you like that he wants to spend the rest of his life with you or that he's in love with you. Saying it too quickly, that's a big red flag because it just, it's not good. Like, unless you've known him for a while before he's saying the words, I love you, if you've only really started talking recently and he's already telling you stuff like he thinks that you're perfect, he loves you, he wants to be with you forever, mm, no, no, that's just not good. I've had it happen to me before. Where, like, I think I was only dating a guy for, like, three days before he told me that he loved me for the first time. And that should have been a really big red flag to me, but it was my first actual relationship. So I thought that it was normal. I was a little bit thrown off by how fast it was, but I thought that it was normal. It did end up being love bombing in the end, though, because after let's see sorry my throat sounds really weird the relationship ended after two months which is about the amount of time that love bombing will happen and it has three stages which i'll get into right now so the three stages of love bombing are idealization devaluing and discarding So the way love bombing will work is a guy will enter your life and from the get-go, he will be like flirting up a storm with you. You're going to end up in a relationship and everything's going to just move really quickly. And they're going to be telling you like how perfect you are, that they love you, that they want to spend the rest of their life with you. And it's all going to happen very quickly. Realistically, one month, like one to two months, I mean, even in that seemingly big of a span of time, that's still really not that much time to decide that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone. That is very premature. Like, just, I mean, God forbid, just after, like, a month of dating, if someone's telling you that, just a month? That's it? That's all it takes for them to decide that they want to be with you forever? That is a little bit premature. Saying I love you, I could understand if you've known them for like a while 
And if, you know, you've really been close for a while, saying it after, like, only a very short period of dating, hmm, uh, I don't know. It's not the best, but of course it does depend on context. But I think you'll feel if it's too rushed. Like, you'll know when it's right to say. And, like, if it is too fast, you'll definitely feel that it's too fast. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to watch out for that. No one can really know who they want to spend the rest of their life with after just one month of dating. If they're telling you that kind of stuff so quickly, if they're telling you that you're like perfect, you're better than any other girl that they've ever met, you're, you know, just flawless in every way, all things that I've heard before, uh, yeah, it's just not a good sign. And I know that those things feel really, really good to hear, and they're great ego boosts, but you really can't hold a guy to his word when he says stuff like that, unfortunately. I know it would be great if we lived in a world where you could, but there is a risk that you're being love-bombed if he's saying stuff like that so quickly. And those statements may be true. Maybe you are perfect. Maybe you are flawless. But it's a little bit suspicious if a guy is saying stuff like that to you so quickly because that could be the idealization stage of love bombing which is the first stage and in idealization that's where the guy will put you on a pedestal and shower you with all kinds of affection and praise and just tell you how perfect you are how he wants to spend forever with you that's what idealization is and then it's going to move on to the next stage which is devaluing. So I want to make sure that I'm defining this right. So give me a sec to look this up. So devaluing is, let's see. So they realize that you're not actually perfect. And then they start to treat you with less and less and less respect over time. So the devaluing phase is where, so the initial like attraction to you, the initial like, oh my gosh, you're perfect phase started to wear off and they're starting to see your flaws. Um, they moved way too quickly and stuff. So you're probably already in a relationship with them. And now they're starting to realize that you're not as perfect as they built you up to be. And I just want to go ahead and clarify that love bombing isn't always intentional. And in fact, a lot of the time it's unintentional and guys are just doing it as like a coping mechanism for dealing with trauma or in extreme cases, just because they're narcissistic and like the, like, I guess, dopamine rush of getting attention from someone new. So, I mean, they'll probably do that with many girls if they're a narcissist. But yeah, like sometimes it can be completely unintentional and they're just trying to like fill a void in their life or distract themselves from some sort of pain by making you out to be just this 
perfect girl that'll fix all of their problems. So it's not always like they're trying to manipulate you or trying to love bomb you. Sometimes they're just trying to distract themselves from their problems and they think that you're going to do that because they've idealized you. But of course, you know, the sun will rise and, you know, your flaws will start to become visible. They're going to notice that you're not as perfect as they made you out to be in their head. And they're not going to be as nice to you anymore. And this part is really sad. But, you know, they're not going to treat you as nicely. They're not going to compliment you as much. They're not going to put in as much effort as they used to to maybe, like, take you out or get you stuff. And you're going to start to feel them pull back. And it's just really damaging because... Of course, after the idealization phase, by that point, you've gotten super accustomed to having this constant stream of affection and compliments from this person. So when they pull back, you really feel it because all of a sudden you have this gigantic like hole where before you used to have all these compliments and nice favors being done for you. And when it's that extreme, only for them to go like pretty much cold turkey on giving you affection, you're really going to feel it and it's going to hit you hard. And that's usually where the most pain of it all comes from when it comes to love bombing. So then you're going to move on to the last phase, which is discarding. So let me pull up a definition for this. So discarding is basically where they dump you or where they just literally stop giving you affection to the point that you just have to leave the relationship on your own because it's literally not even worth staying in. So in the discarding phase, that's where they literally just see your flaws. They, the whole like idealization, putting you on a pedestal thing is completely ended. And in the discarding phase, you're off the pedestal and they're going to go find someone new to idealize and put on a pedestal and worship for a few weeks before they repeat the devaluing and discarding process over again. So that's how love bombing works. And you really want to watch out for that. It seems awesome at first and it can totally sweep you away But after the idealization stage ends and things start to crash and burn, that's where you want to really keep your guard up. So as for red flag number four, this one more applies to people who are already in a relationship with a guy. Um, But it can also apply to you if you're in the talking stage with a guy and you happen to have like a little conflict. So... Red flag number four is when a guy doesn't listen to you and makes you feel invalidated in conflict. It is really, really big. When everything is going well in a relationship, I mean, that's just kind of like the bare minimum, right? 
that doesn't really show you much about the character of a guy. When things are going well, of course it's easy to be respectful towards you. Of course it's easy to treat you well when things are going well and when things are easy. But when things get hard, that's when you really see the true character of a guy and that's when you really see the kind of person that they are. Because life's not always going to be perfect. And if there's like a completely different side that comes out of whoever you're talking to or dating whenever things get hard and you have an argument, run. Literally, I'm not even kidding. Pack your bags and flee. Run away. It is, oh, it's such a red flag. If like your man basically becomes a monster the moment a problem arises or the moment that they get frustrated. If they start disrespecting you the moment a conflict starts, no, just no. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Run. (laughs) I have been there before. It is bad. If you get into a conflict and you notice that a guy is not really listening to you and is only telling their side and won't even hear you out, and is making you feel totally invalidated by just not even acknowledging what you're saying? No, that's just not it. If a guy is really immature in conflict and starts to gaslight you, which I've experienced in it, it's awful, so awful. You really need to just end things. Like, I'm telling you right now, it's not okay. It is so important to be with someone who is mature when it comes to handling conflict. I aim to be very mature when it comes to conflict. Like, the moment I have an issue with something that someone is doing, and I don't care if this is, like, with a guy I'm dating or with a friend or even with just someone that I don't even know that well. Like, if I actually am starting to get really irritated by something or starting to feel really hurt by something... I just bring it up. Like, I confront them about it. I shouldn't say confront. That makes it sound aggressive. But, like, I talk to them about it directly. I think it is so incredibly stupid to be passive-aggressive with people and expect people to read your mind. Because a lot of the time, people aren't intentionally trying to push your buttons or disrespect you or hurt you. And that's a good thing. But... Oftentimes, in our mind, we just seem to think that people have, like, some sort of vendetta against us, and we'll start to think that people are doing stuff intentionally to hurt us, and then if we don't communicate about it, we'll start being passive-aggressive, and maybe we'll throw little jabs at them, or we won't treat them as well as we should to kind of, I guess, essentially get back at them for the perceived slights that we think that they've done against us. And that is really bad. That is really, really bad. If a guy's not communicating with you about stuff that he feels uncomfortable with or stuff that is upsetting him, and if he's just being passive-aggressive about issues and won't tell you why he's upset, or, like, if a guy gets really distant all of a sudden with no explanation... That is a really, really bad sign. That shows a serious lack of emotional maturity. Because an emotionally mature person will literally just 
talk to you if they have something on their mind that they really want resolved. It's very immature to expect other people to read your mind when you have an issue with something and to just take it out on them through like having a bad attitude if they don't read your mind. It's so immature, incredibly immature. And it just causes so many issues over time because then they're just going to get annoyed with you over little things. They're not going to tell you, so you're not going to fix whatever it is that's annoying them. And they're going to just become super passive aggressive or just hurtful because they're going to internalize their frustrations. It's not good from either side. You don't want to be a bad communicator and you don't want to date someone who's a bad communicator. Like, you can do a lot better than that. And, you know, even worse, if they're making you feel invalidated, like, when you bring up your side of an issue, and of course, of course, of course. When I'm talking about this, I'm only talking about it in the sense that you are actually being mature. Like, if you're yelling at someone and if you're being the toxic one and gaslighting and, you know, making them feel invalidated and only sharing your side and not letting them talk, then I, you know, you need to do some work on yourself. I'm only talking about this in the sense that, like, you're doing everything right and they're being toxic in response. So, anyways, I digress. If they're making you feel invalidated, like, you bring up your side maturely and respectfully and they're talking over you or they won't even acknowledge your point. No, that's just not it. Or if they even outright, like, disrespect your point or mock you, not good, not good at all. So bad. Like, guys can, oops, sorry, just knocked over my microphone a little bit. Um, guys can like sometimes gaslight or just be really invalidating and conflict. And if you're with a guy like that, no, just no, don't do it. Do not do it. I actually found this TikTok the other day that was talking about like gaslighting phrases that guys say in arguments. And I think I should bring it up, um, and read a few because literally I, heard so many of these and (laughs) it's just okay if you've heard any of these from a guy that you're talking to or dating you want to reconsider things phrases like it's always my fault I like you shouldn't that be enough (laughs) um I asked another person and they agree with me that you're overreacting even worse oh I heard this one so much. Sorry, I'm such a bad guy. Or like, oh, now I'm the bad guy. (sighs) Run, 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 run. That one's like the worst in my opinion. Or like, you're super hard to please or you're super sensitive. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way or I don't know what to say. Or like, um, yeah, just no, no, run. I've had experiences where, like, let's say, like, a guy would be making a joke and it would actually be really, like, just either rude, disrespectful, or, like, would make me uncomfortable. And 
like I would complain about it and then they'd be like oh you're so sensitive like you really need to lighten up you can't even take a simple joke and even worse like I had a guy tell me once like after I got upset with him for making literally like just a joke that I was not okay with in any way shape or form and he told me I can't even joke anymore I guess I just won't tell you jokes anymore because you can't take any jokes you know I feel like I can't have a sense of humor anymore I've changed so much for you and I can't even like joke or be myself around you because you won't let me joke about it was literally about like violence towards me like sir I'm sorry but like he like this man was joking about like I forgot what it was but it was mildly disturbing it was like something to do with my skull um (laughs) huge red flag Um, but I remember I told him, like, I don't like that. I told you I don't like it when you joke about violence, like, towards me. Because, like, as a female, for a guy to be joking about any acts of violence towards you, that is very, very, very unsettling. I don't care if it's a joke. That is just not normal, in my opinion. Super unsettling. Like, I do not regret complaining about it at all. I was definitely right to complain about it because that's just not normal and like for him to say that he's lost a big part of his personality and he can't even joke or be himself around me anymore just because I said that he literally just couldn't make jokes about violence towards me come on that is like gaslighting to the max me saying that you can't make violent jokes about me How does that equate to you losing your ability to have a sense of humor? Like, sir? (laughs) Um, Like, unless your entire sense of humor revolves around making jokes about violence towards me, like, I don't see how that means that I've somehow stifled your ability to laugh or joke with me. Like, I never said that you couldn't joke with me. I just said you couldn't make jokes about violence towards me. And I was totally right to say that. So, like, it's just stuff like that that you really want to watch out for. Like, if a guy is constantly blowing stuff out of proportion like that, just know. Walk away. Literally walk away. Because it's not going to get any better. I can tell you that much. It will not get better. It will only get worse. Because if they're not mature enough to even listen to you in an argument, what makes you think that they're going to change and become more mature? Like, what makes you think that? Because them not listening to you indicates that they think that they're always right and that they're not open-hearted enough to take criticism. So of course they're not going to change. It will only get worse. Just walk away if that starts to happen. You deserve to be validated and you deserve to be listened to, of course, given that you're being respectful and validating towards them in return. Just watch out for people who are really disrespecting you in conflict, because that does tell you a lot about the type of person that they are. 
now we are on to the final red flag, red flag number five. And this one is super big for me. And it's honestly like the first thing I notice about a guy if I'm in the talking stage with them. This one is so huge. It cannot be ignored at all. Red flag number five is if a guy doesn't take care of themselves or their future. I'm just going to be concise with this one because this episode is super long. But how a person treats themselves tells you everything, everything about how you will be treated and about how your future with them will look. If a guy is acting impulsively, eating junk food all the time and jeopardizing their future by playing video games or always hanging out with friends instead of studying or having a good work ethic, it shows that they don't take life seriously, they don't take their future seriously, and they lack the maturity to make decisions that are in their long-term best interest. Do you know what that means? there's a very good likelihood that they won't take you seriously either. And that when it comes to their, not to their, to your relationship, they're not going to make decisions that are in the long-term best interest of the relationship. So what could that mean? That might mean that they might like constantly blow you off to do other things with friends or even, God forbid, in the worst case, like, cheat on you. Not good. You want to avoid that. There's a very good likelihood that you will end up being mistreated or not taken seriously if you're with someone who can't even take care of themselves. Or there's a very good likelihood that their mental health will decline to the point where they can't even really be emotionally available for you in the relationship if they're constantly mistreating themselves and kind of like doing really depressing activities like sitting in their room all day that kind of put them in a bad state of mind. It's not good. It's just not good. Look for a guy who's taking care of himself. Someone who is going to the gym regularly. Someone who studies and keeps their grades up. I'm not asking for someone with a 100 average in every class or someone with six-pack abs, but it's good to at least see that a guy cares about his future enough that he at least keeps his grades up, that he has passions and productive interests other than video games and time with friends outside of school, that he can use to, you know, expand his intelligence. And that he, um, I just blanked out. Anyways, it's just good to see that a guy, like, cares about his future enough to keep up hobbies, to keep his grades up, and to take care of his body. If, like, a guy can't even take care of himself, what makes you think that he's going to be able to take care of you? Um, like, <laughs> how does that make sense? As I said, I date to marry, and like, if a guy can't even take care of himself, uh, he definitely wouldn't be able to take care of like running a house, paying the bills, taking care of children. Yeah, no. 
I don't want to be evicted from my home one day or have my children starve or like have one of my toddlers like stick their finger into a socket one day because the guy that I'm dating can't even take care of himself and therefore can't even take care of my family or my home. Yeah, no, I'll pass. Just watch out for that because truly, like, the way a person treats themselves, whether they respect their life and their future or not, tells you everything about whether they're going to respect you and your future together or not. You want someone who takes life seriously. Of course, I don't mean that that means they should be tightly wound, but you want someone who at least, like, doesn't live for instant gratification. Someone who lives for getting closer towards their goals and taking care of their future and building a really good life and a good future. That's what you want. So look out for anyone who doesn't take care of themselves well. All right, so that is it for this week's episode. I'm sorry for making you guys wait so long for it, but I really wanted to make sure that when I recorded it, one, I was in a good state of mind, and two, I made it a good episode because red flags aren't a topic that should be taken lightly. Like They're really important, and I wanted to make sure that I really went into detail for each of these red flags. So I really hope that you guys like this episode. I've probably never talked so much in my life. I think this is literally like an hour and 30 minutes straight of me talking. Um, But I think it was worth it. And I'm really excited for you guys to let me know what you thought of this episode. If you want to speak on the podcast, the podcast application form is open and the podcast link tree, which you can find on our Instagram bio. The Instagram username is at Personal Growth Project Official, and I post teasers for each week's episodes on there. So definitely follow the account if you want to know what episodes are coming next and when. And also, for sure, follow the podcast TikTok. Um, That's where I'm posting a lot of daily content related to personal growth and like life lessons or just even content about my life. And it's a really fun space where you can kind of get to know me on a more personal level and where you can get just more fun snippets of personal growth project related content. So you should follow the TikTok. The username is at personal growth project pod and i think that's about it for this week's episode thank you guys for listening i love you so much and i'll see you in the next week's awesome episode